Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Split Screen Podcast, shockingly recorded in the same month. Not only that, it's in the same year. I probably should have done that in the other way, but it's for dramatic effect. <laughs> wow, it's May 2025. So How's that virus going? Yeah, the 20th wave was the deadliest. <laughs> oh, man. You're crashing or the computer's crashing? Oh, yeah, you're starting to, you're actually starting to stutter. Oh, my God. The Skype started to break up. Craig. Craig! Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Split Screen Podcast. This episode we will talk somewhat about YouTube and then go through the tragedies of the world in order from most bleak to most depressing, (laughs) following the spirit set by the last podcast. We've gone full Game of Thrones. Which tragedies do you want to talk about, Alan? Which which genocides and atrocities shall we cover this time? I don't know. I think um, covering our YouTube history will probably be enough atrocities for one podcast. (laughs) Uh, Quite possibly so. First, though, I wanted Wait, to... Wait, this is... This is oh, before you get into your follow-up, this is take three of this podcast. This is. Uh, so, um, we're crossing our fingers here. We're recording a very old laptop, which has seen Craig through pretty much the entirety of split screen and all of five out of ten. This laptop um, has a Windows Vista sticker on it, okay? Oh, no. It's, it's, it's a Windows Vista sticker, and it's gone through Windows 7, Windows 8, and now it's on Windows 10. It's lurching onward, just like our society. Um, and, and are you going to do this for every sentence? And you need to add this to your note. You're not allowed to say um. You're not allowed to mention the downfall of society after every sentence. This is pretty stock standard podcast stuff. Um, oh, let's talk about Windows Vista then. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I went. I was at the the in laws a couple of weeks ago, and. Um, my my father-in-law had found this old laptop and he was oh, I'm using it for old video games and stuff and it was running Windows Vista. Wow. And um, he was adamant that it was not connected to the internet. And after some investigation, I found it. It was. I downloaded an antivirus software. It was Avast. And it told me to immediately disconnect the computer from the internet because it couldn't be patched. <laughs> so that... Windows Vista now warns you not to use it whenever you uh, download antivirus. So that's um, the ignominious fall. And it still doesn't play um, Age of Empires, but you have to set it in compatibility mode. Truly the worst of all possible worlds. God, if it's warning you about using it, that brings like a new context to the little Are You Sure dialog box that pops up. <laughs> it's like, switch on your PC. Oh, hang on. Are you sure you want to be doing that? And that user account control, which... You don't really pay a moment's hesitation to, and Windows 10 is incredibly aggressive in Vista. And, um, yeah. and because the operating system is so slow as well, what happens is the whole thing slows up and brings up, and then you get this frosted glass. Are you sure you want to do this with a, a window shield? And then you click on it, you go, yeah, yeah, fucking let me do what I want to do. And then eventually, after about 20 seconds, it stutters back to life. Yeah. And I think it also, it also came from a time when computers weren't very good. It was... Pre-SSD, the computers didn't have much RAM and they tended to be running really early generation Intel cores or late gen Pentium 4s. So all the computers ran really hot and slow anyway. Mm-hmm. And so it was just the the worst of all possible scenarios. So we've got these really thick, hot laptops running a, a dog shit operating system. I I, fee- I will be eternally regretful <laughs> that I installed Windows Vista on my MacBook Pro. 
Wow. Yeah, uh, I was so so good when I finally took Windows off. That was that was when we moved here, and I yeah we moved to Australia, and I got a gaming PC. I finally took Windows off my Mac. <laughs> yeah, I, I always enjoyed uh, the constant fight with Windows on who exactly is in charge. So I would like mm-hmm. to I would like to delete this folder. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That folder's being used. The folder's not being used. The folder is actually empty. I would like to delete it. No, I can't can't do that for you. Okay. Uh, well, I tell you what. I want to run this thing in a, a compatibility mode because Windows Vista doesn't run anything. Okay. Uh, could you go get the administrator for me? Oh, I, I am. I am the administrator. Actually, I I I bought you and I own you. <laughs> this is my Black Mirror so, episode. It's just me shouting at the computer, being like, "I own you. <laughs> Please work." This is just uh, the the computer asking to speak to your manager. Yes. Then you go into the back and say. Uh, manager says no. Yeah, no. I come back and I right click with a fake mustache on and like I am the administrator. <laughs> Please delete the folder, and then it does. It's great. My, I, I would like to do a quick follow up on last episode, which I thought was really interesting and really fun, really uh, upbeat. You mentioned <laughs> at one point. If you're still listening, presumably you also thought it was good too. So <laughs> appreciate the feedback. So you mentioned at one point um, Super Mario Odyssey, yeah, and how if you were to sit down and write about it, you wouldn't necessarily know. Uh, what to say, or certainly you wouldn't go through the the the, the by the number style kind of breakdown traditional review of it, um, and that got me thinking because I'm still playing Odyssey. It's a game that I've it's quite good for just kind of like the Switch is for so many games. Open it up and just play for five ten minutes, mm-hmm. um, because it's also a small little moments in it. And I was thinking a bit more about it because it's I've enjoyed playing Odyssey. But I, there's something that's always felt a bit off to me about it. Um, one aspect was is just how it's and it's an, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. How much it revels in, in its own nostalgia for mm-hmm. previous Mario games. You've obviously got some of the mechanics, like you can go into the the walls and then you're playing like a little two D traditional Mario. And there's an extended um, Donkey Kong sequence, which is which is really yeah. good. But um, it's, it's definitely very nostalgic. Yeah. Everything is well done, right? All that whole New Donk City and the festival part is is a great moment in the game. Have you completed it? I've beat Bowser and I've got to Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah, so that's I'm about six hundred. I'm about. So that's this is part of it, right? You know, because like on when you get to Mushroom Kingdom, that's when it really um, opens up even more with like the nostalgia heaviness because it's it's kind of got full on Mario sixty four bits of levels in it which yeah, and you can even get a mario 64 costume to make yourself look like 64 bit mario yeah puts you in the whole little polygon yeah. outfit now i was thinking about it when you look at the kind of the, the 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 journey of those big 3d mario games mario 64 is still kind of the high watermark to me that that all the others are still trying to surpass but it's this it's this like whole consistent thing right obviously first game that or <laughs> Historically, it gets looked at as the first game that got 3D cameras right and 3D movement right for, for platformers and things like that. Great game. Love it. Love watching speedruns off it. Then they did Super Mario Sunshine, which is like, okay, it's basically Mario 64, but with like a gimmick strapped on his back with the water jets. So you yeah. get more movements. But I really like Sunshine in terms of its like imagery. Like It's all based on the one island of Delfino, you're not going yeah. to Lava World or Ice World or whatever. You, you do, you do go to Lava World at the end of the game, and yeah, yeah. But, it's, but, um, but uh, by yeah, and large, I hear, I hear you're in the mean. one. It's all, it's all tropical themed. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's one one kind of place, and the beast, the beast, the beast, the beast. Oh, you're kidding! I can need to restart. Restart your computer. Before we get into talking about YouTube, Alan, I'd like to quickly pick up on something we talked about last time, which is Super Mario Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had mentioned in terms of uh, writing about it, you wouldn't want to go through the usual by the numbers approach, and you wouldn't know necessarily uh, what to say. And yeah, I thought, yeah, I also yeah. don't know what I would say. And I've been, you know, I'm still playing it. I've been playing it for like over the course of a year or so. It's a nice wee game you can pick up and just chip away at, get another moon. There's like 999 moons in it. Something something preposterous, yeah. And and you don't need to do that much, to be honest, to get one. And I've kind of realized um, there was always something that sat a little bit... I've enjoyed Odyssey, but there's always something that was a bit unsatisfying about the premise of it. And well, the, premise, the premise of it, rather than the actual... I, th- I think, I think that's where I'm landing on. I think that's where I'm landing on now. It's something about the kind of premise. Everything in it is executed fantastic. But there's a... If 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 I was if I was writing a review, my first line would be something like Super Mario Odyssey is a mosaic. It is the usual when you stand back from afar, it is the usual jolly Mario experience. It has delightful little moments of gameplay. It introduces nice little interesting uh, mechanics that are explored in different ways. It's got it's got your toads, it's got your peaches, it's got your Bowser's, it's got all your stuff from the 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 limited shallow world of the mushroom kingdom it's got the coins that you don't really need except to buy more hats which is more team fortress than mario isn't it yeah but at least you've got a reason to spend the coins now right because what were the coins in all the previous games they give you life they give you life um they give you purpose uh, capitalism now if you look at um like a mosaic, though, when you go into it, the game is actually just made up of all these tiny, tiny little tiles, all these nine hundred ninety-nine moons. Yeah, and as you and as you say, like some of them are little five-second interstitial chunks. They're not. Some of them are not substantial. Sometimes you get multi-moons, which are more substantial challenges. But really, it's about nibbling away at little bits, right? Yeah, and and at the sometimes that is just there's a glowing spot on the ground over there, so you go and do a ground pound, and and a, a moon shoots out. Now, having played it for over the course of the year, you then realize that actually there's a glowing spot in every single level. And then you can also like chase a rabbit and get a moon. And then you're like, oh, that's also in every single level pretty much. Yeah. Um, and so actually there's a lot of kind of copy paste. There's quite a lot of filler in the game. Now, it's not to say that, again, it's all executed really well. I enjoyed it all. I enjoyed chasing the rabbit every time I chased the rabbit. But it didn't have... It doesn't feel like it's got the same strong sense of identity that Super Mario 64 did or that Mario Sunshine did. Mario 64, first 3D platformer, set the bar, set the standard. Sunshine as a, set as a Sonic As a Sonic fan, I begrudgingly accept that Super Mario 64 <laughs> is a masterpiece, yes. <laughs> you, can, like, you, can enjoy, you can enjoy both. But, but Mario 64... Yeah, you can, but if you play Sonic Adventure today, you'll have a very different experience <laughs> to Mario 64. <laughs> um, I mean, the thing about Mario 64 is you've got 120 stars, but you've got a clear seven per level plus the 100 coin thing. They're quite distinct. They yeah. do have little hidden ones that are quite similar to the Odyssey stars, but they're few and far between. Yes. 
Um, so, but yeah, I would agree with you. The seven challenges, from my recollection, are pretty distinct. Apart from maybe collect the the blue coins, or is that am I confusing that with sunshine? No, I think you I think you're right. Yeah, you, you had your like your eight red coins and your hundred yeah, coins was common in all yeah. of them, um, and then your 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 three Bowser fights or your you know there's like a boss fight of some kind, but most of the boss fights again there's there's enough variation to them, and again in in Odyssey, all your boss fights are. Or, or have got the variety in them. There's all still the, you know, hit them three times in the glowing weak spot, but you have yeah. to do that in slightly different ways. It's probably more variety than any any Mario game ever. Like the new Super Mario Brothers games have particularly crap bosses. We have to like you jump on the Triceratops four times. What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> Why? Why is that a boss? Where sixty four had like those seven stars or whatever per level. Sunshine had like a nice strong visual identity. Isle of Death, you know, tropical rays lovely music that's all good here's your jetpack have a squirt <laughs> galaxy is probably an interesting point in the evolution where it's got its identity of space and it did the the lovely kind of little globes like back to kind of uh, that's really where it introduced this idea of focusing down on one mechanic and kind of getting yeah. rid of everything else well that's a problem with the problem with, that's a problem with sunshine is it's, it's fucking boring and yeah. it has the same seven shines per level structure and has some cool things like you can get the sunglasses because the more shines you get, the, the brighter the sun gets. So after a while, Mario needs shades because it's too hot. But it's, mm. just, it's just a really meandering game. And it takes you, especially like that first level, like the, and it's the Pianta Village one with the windmills. That takes a yeah. long time to walk through that every time to get to the next objective. And people always say, but it's true, that Sunshine's at its best when they ditch the jetpack and it gets into the hardcore platforming bits. And it's totally abstract. And they don't really care about any semblance of structure. And then they took yeah. that game and they called it Super Mario Galaxy and extended it into a 20-hour romp. Exactly. And that's the that's that's this point in the, the evolution where it took this turn towards um, distilling things down. And I think that's that's now a, a box that they are struggling to escape from in Odyssey. Yeah. Well that well that's what they well they've always done they've always done that. Um I think not so much in the earlier console Mario's like my knowledge of them's pretty limited, but you know, Super Mario Brothers was prototypical, right? Uh, mm -hmm. three has much broader ideas and so does Mario World, but with the new Super Mario Brothers games particularly the what was it, the one for the Wii U, the one I just called more more Super Mario Brothers? Super um, Mario it's World. very much No, it's it's called uh, New Super Mario Brothers U. Even oh, yes, it's yes, yes, also yes. called that on the Switch. It is very much, here's this level, here's this idea, and away we go. Here's these guys that barf spike balls. Here's some seesaws in this level. And this also happens, it's particularly prevalent in New Super Mario Brothers U and 2 and stuff. It's also very prevalent in games like Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, which is actually a very good game. It's also just a little bit too tough. Um, mm -hmm. Those games say, here is the one mechanic for the stage, and away we go. And Mario Galaxy does that a lot too. Like it... It's been a long time since I played it, but you've got, you know, here's the ice planet, here's the swimming planet, here's the planet with the cannons, which I think is quite an early one, um, which which is which is good because it you only get like th maybe three stars per mm -hmm. galaxy, I think, in Mario yeah. Galaxy, if I remember correctly. So it keeps you on the move and it keeps yeah. you doing little hidden things. They they do do some repetitive challenges like the the race to shadow shadow Mario challenges, the you know the, the bullshit hard ones when the, the comet turns up. Um, I don't remember doing a lot of those, but I remember they exist. And I think yeah. Mario Galaxy 2, which I have not played but do have on disc, is pretty much more of the same. Or that, or it's Mario Galaxy's formula taken to the logical extreme. Yeah, and I think you're, you're, I've heard that as well. And your point about how it keeps you on the move, 
it reminds me of the Ramones when they first played. Apparently, they wouldn't stop between songs. One, because they didn't want to give anyone a chance to boo. But it added to this experience because you're moving along so quickly and all the songs kind of are the same, like on purpose, like by design. It actually, you, you kind of just get swept away with it. And Mario Odyssey for me feels a little bit like that. Um, mm -hmm. Each of the moments are very, very good. But, but there's just so many of them. I think it's taking me a while to kind of stand back from that, that mosaic and go, or, or get close to the tiles. I don't know. The metaphor was there just to start the discussion. Um, it's taking me a while to kind of realize it's actually quite a shallow game. It's just incredibly broad and, and it's got a lot of width yeah. to it. Look, it's it's almost like it's all it's all frosting and no cake. Mm -hmm. So I so my Mario Odyssey experience was very different to yours because I mainlined it over right. a, a twenty hour plane trip back to the UK, and I was waking up at four in the morning because of jet lag, and all I did was sit and play Mario Odyssey. And I can remember bits and bobs. I remember the the funky garden level. We can turn into an onion. Let's get the awesome surf rock soundtrack. Mm -hmm. That's the best level. Yeah, You've got the the Shogun Samurai Castle level where you can yep. turn it into the birds. Yep, the bird with, the wall. Yep, the lovely satisfying yeah. little flick that you can do yeah. to kind of move around. Um, so I remember, and I remember the the, the the cake world because there's always a cake world in a, in a modern yeah. Mario game. They like the loads of lava, and you can turn into the fireballs and stuff. And obviously, yeah. I remember the I remember the final bit, the trip to the moon. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but, and in amongst, um, in amongst that, there's kind of three different forests for some reason. Yeah, I know. would say, I, th I think the biggest problem is there's not a lot of challenge to Odyssey. And Mario 64, and I think particularly Sunshine, are quite hard games. And I remember Galaxy not being a, not being a pushover either. But yeah. I, think Mar I think Mario Odyssey is, I think it's very much a Switch game and it's designed to dip in and dip out. So it's actually even more of a mobile game than something like Super Mario 3D Land, which... Yeah, it's a mobile game, but it's still got traditional courses. And, That's a good point. And you could, and, and you could yeah. So you could, you could, but Mario Odyssey is bite size, and I think you see a similar pattern of design in Breath of the Wild. Mm -hmm. The difference with Breath of the Wild is you've got these hundred and twenty shrines. Cause for some reason, I don't know, it's hundred and twenty a lucky number in Japan. But but it, so it is the shrines and their bite size challenges, and you can go and you could boot up Breath of the Wild, play it for a couple of minutes, and do a shrine or two. But the difference with Breath of the Wild is it's set in one massive, consistent overworld. Yeah. And there's overarching quests. And that's what Odyssey doesn't have. It's got lots of little bite size, as you say, Mario Galaxy style chunks that you, you hop between in a blimp. There is yeah. zero continuity, right? And the only reason you're getting the. You, you get the. You collect the bits and you move on to the next level. Yeah. Um, and, and as you said, hands them out so readily that often there's not a lot of reward associated just because your because your asshole touched the right bush at one point in time. Yeah, I think that's a really good point about like the portable nature of it and how that's probably fed the design. Yeah, Breath of the Wild was like, is like a journey. It's like this consistent journey that you're yeah. on as you're exploring the world. I remember for, before I played it, you'd sent me a text being like, "Savor the first time through it because you don't get that. You don't yeah. get that back." But what's or interesting is I played Breath of the Wild on the Wii U. And um, I, I swear to God, one day, I've nearly finished my touch typing course, so I might as well start using the skills and start writing things in the morning because I've got all this, all this free time from the quarantine. <laughs> um, but Breath of the Wild, I played on the Wii U when I moved to Australia, and I didn't really have any other games or, or consoles to speak of. Um, so I played nothing but that for ADRs, and I relished it. But I have never been to the northwest corner of that game. I've never been to the Snow Mountains bit. Uh, and yes. Someday, 
I'm going to really relish picking up the Switch and playing it again. And this time, I will go a different direction and have a different adventure. Since I have completed Mario Odyssey, I did the the darker side of the moon, the, the really hard challenge, and I got about 95% of the way through it and then fucking died and had to go back to the start and I lost my appetite for it. Um, since I've completed it, I haven't had much of a draw to go back and collect the remaining moons. And that's yeah. the difference, I think, is at the end of Breath of the Wild, I thought, oh, one day I'm going to go back and I'm going to get all those shrines. And I didn't feel that way with Mario Odyssey. I feel like, yes, that was very nice. But that's as far as it goes. And I, yeah, I like it's I, a, I think it's a really, I think it's a really great game. It's a really, it's a really fine game. But I know what you mean. It's, it's, it's something insubstantial about it. Yeah, it, it, it's it's incredibly well executed, as as Nintendo always is with with the big Mario games. But just in terms of putting it against the lineup of the others, it it it, it just doesn't compare. It doesn't. It, I don't think, and I don't think it's going to age particularly well in the same the same way i think it'll be talked about like it was there but it probably won't be one that will will influence the others so what do you think about so mario 64 we probably agree is um it's a stone cold masterpiece mm-hmm. um, and anybody who doesn't like that's an ignorant fool then you've got what do you think of sunshine in terms of the pantheon of history because i think it is um, I think it was overrated when it came out. A fairly dull game. I don't really want to revisit, but if it comes out on the Switch, I probably will. I think, um, it, yeah, I think it's one when it comes to the remaster. That's the one I'm most looking forward to. If it is being remastered, just it probably is. Um, that's the one I'd look forward to playing to try and understand. Because I think for me, I've got it, it. It stands more in like a bit of a cult fan favorite. Yeah, like, I think I, the people I just who find like it, it really like it. I find it really ponderous. Which is interesting because I really love Wind Waker, which is a, a a very ponderous kind of Zelda game. You float about the sea the whole time. Yeah. Um, I find Wind Waker a very gentle and, and relaxing game. And people usually complain because the, the dungeons suck in the Wind Waker compared to something like, I don't know, Twilight Princess. But I find it a really relaxing, just a, a, a nice game, the nicest of the Zeldas. Yeah. And Mario Sunshine, I don't know. I feel like it, it becomes a bit of a chore. There's some really bad bits involving roller coasters and a robotic Bowser. That I'm not looking forward to playing again. I remember like silly Yoshi fruit collection and just I think I just remember a tedium to it. Mm-hmm. And I know I've got all the way to the lava bit at the end with the boats, but I was like, nah, I've played enough of this. Which yeah. is what I tend to do with games. I'll play them until five minutes before the end and give up. Um So that and, and, But and it's that, a it's a it's a cult one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So so that that's kind of there. And I think Galaxy, like I say, it's it, it it's made the change. Uh, it's important in terms of the design. For what Mario's are in, I'd be, I would love for them to to escape or go in a different direction from the one that Galaxy set them on in terms of this hyper focused. Here's the mechanic, and we we kind of put everything else to the um, side. I think I think Galaxy is probably still very good. I think I'd have a great time if I played that again. And um, and I think whenever I play Galaxy Two, who knows when that is, um, that I will also enjoy that because it's got Yoshi in it, and who doesn't like Yoshi? And, and boo Mario. But so where would you like them to take it? Where would you? What would you like the next 3D Mario to do? Because it's all well and good for us to to, to shit on Nintendo, but you don't want them to do Mario 64 again, do you? Well, it's it's kind of interesting, right? Because Mario, I get maybe it's the same as how Half Life treat. Uh, sorry, uh, maybe Mario, maybe Nintendo use Mario the same way that Valve use Half Life or view Half Life. If you've read any of their interviews about Alex, they kind of talk about how they have reserved Half-Life for solving interesting problems. Now, I think I don't think Nintendo 
do exactly that. I think Nintendo used Mario to prove their console. Um, yep. Yeah, so I showcase th- technology. So, yeah. so, you know, in Odyssey had the motion controls at the heart of it and or, or in a lot of sections of it. And we talked about there, like many of the animals or things that you turn into in Odyssey use the, the kind of little Joy-Con switches in quite nice yeah. and, tactile and blazing ways. And it's not really a game you can play with a pro controller. Like obviously you, you can do it, but the the flickability, um, you really need the Joy Cons in your hand. Yeah. So I think I think it's it's going to be tied very closely to what they do in terms of their next console. I do think the Switch is almost a perfect design of a console, though. I suspect of... they will just do Switches forever so, now, and I'd be uh, more than happy with that. Yeah. So we're probably going to get a Switch U type of uh, Switch Pro. Yeah. Pro, type pro of, type of because model. because nobody wants a fucking amateur Switch. Do they? No. So yeah, so I, I'm not sure. I mean, it's it's also tied so closely to the challenge of well, what's a platformer even mean in 2020? It seems to be one of those genres that doesn't, you know, it, it definitely had its time. And I think you need to bring either an interesting gimmick to it or, I don't know, I don't know if you could just do a pure platformer anymore because it's, it's just been so done. It'd be like writing a, a like a really good blues song but there's a load there's there's loads of good pure platformers you've got uh sonic mania donkey kong tropical <laughs> freeze you get ukulele and the impossible lair you've got ukulele in 3d which mm-hmm. i don't think is that good but it's a thing there's a, a hat in time which is on my steam oh there's no shortage there's no shortage good. of them but you know if you're saying like what, what would i want to see nintendo do with it it's, it's i guess it has to be something new and mario odyssey was so is so nostalgic and revels in the nostalgia of Mario and particularly Mario sixty four with with the the low poly version that you can uh, costume you can get and going to the Mushroom Kingdom and stuff. I'll finish this because this is just going to be a short intro and we've. Um, I'll finish this by and saying and in, and in I'm classic at... split screen style. <laughs> Here <laughs> we, we ran, are. We twenty eight, minutes later, eight yeah. hours. Um, I'm at the point where I've got about six hundred and thirty moons out of the nine hundred and ninety nine. So there's plenty more to get. I've done Beat Bowser, I've done the dark side of the moon, and I'm at the darker side of the moon in terms of the the world. Yeah. Um now I, I remember Chrissy Teigen has got all of the moons. She got really into Mario Odyssey at some point. Um and who's, she Who's who's Chrissy Teigen? Chrissy Teigen is um she's I only know her from that lip sync battle show. Um, and she, I'm sure she does other me. things. I don't know what it's, it's going to sound really terrible, but she, to, to describe her as she, she is also married to John Legend. I don't. She's a celebrity yeah. of some kind. She does stuff. I don't know what she does. I don't know if she's an actor or a singer or whatever. The reason I mention it is because I remember seeing her Twitter talking through how she got those final few moons, and it was like, you know, crushing the the Joy Cons in the hands because it was whatever the, the the last most frustrating ones to get, and. This is just another time in my life where I, I have to say I am no Chrissy Teigen and I am not going to get those 999. That would have been a funnier joke, actually, if you knew who Chrissy Teigen was, but we'll just we'll leave it there. <laughs> I'm not blaming I you. Am. This is why I don't do stand-up. It's because I just aggressively blame the one audience member. <laughs> uh, sorry, man. That's all shall right. We talk, um, sh- shall we talk about YouTube? Sure, sure. <laughs> So we had originally intended to do um, one podcast with two topics, then we ended up having this existential crisis on the air. <laughs> um, but the second topic was about YouTube, and you've been doing a lot of YouTube videos lately. Yeah, 
Yeah, over the past year and a bit, I I have probably made uh, I've probably done as, as as many videos in the last year and a half than I had in the previous eight years, nine years, ten years, however long we've been doing it. And I got really focused in on it. Like I actually went off and was like reading subreddits about what is good YouTube making etiquette and practices. Uh, what is the YouTube algorithm? How does one uh, optimize your videos for it? And so it was like, it all kind of came from, uh, I'd, I'd finally figured out that the capture card I had in my PC, I had set it up incorrectly. So I was never really satisfied with the quality of the video I was getting. And then I, I changed the switch and went, oh God, it's so much better. Okay. <laughs> I should, I should <laughs> oh, probably yeah. use this. Oh, there's, what does that say? Shite. Ah, I'll, I'll, I'll flip the switch to, to good. Yes. Um, it's kind of like if you look around and you see like a musical instrument, like I should probably play that more. So I kind of was like wanting to this use it a bit more. sounds like crap. Oh, what are these wee little twisty bits at the top? Oh man, <laughs> it sounds incredible. <laughs> so yeah, and I was like, okay, I want to do some some play uh, let's plays and stuff. I, I enjoyed doing the the Blade Runner let's play years and years and years ago, mm -hmm. um, and so I did that. But I started so I started making videos again, and I was getting fixated on it. And in terms of like introducing this, I have a constant problem of taking a hobby and absolutely killing it by becoming focused on metrics. Now, a bit of that is because it's it's part of my job as a project manager. I do a lot of performance measurement, and it's also like I have a I had a bit of a sciencey background uh, for a while, and that's yeah. also quite you know you look for. Uh, you look for ways of measuring the effectiveness of a system. But it is also, you know, when you make something, you want someone to fucking see it. Now, you, I can, you can make things and, and not be worried about... Uh, or uh, In terms of the path, I've written about all this before, right? The reason why I'm not going to sum up, I've written about all this before in, in 5 out of 10. This was the article that I did in, back in issue 3, which was in 2000 and... So, yeah, back in 2013, issue 3, yeah, Reflecting yeah. Reality... I wrote an article called All the Mistakes I've Made. A player who has explored games through infographics and illustrations explores the diminishing appeal of these features through infographics and illustrations. It's a very... Very Craig piece. Very Craig piece. <laughs> it's very... I'm, I'm nothing if not on brand. So what you're saying is you should have been looking up and instead you were V-looking up. Yes. You have... Uh... <laughs> I and mean, you've 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 metric the shit out of everything because you've because we've talked about piles of shame before and I've just got a big ass list in a to do app and you have you've you've excelled literally yeah. and, and figuratively um by plotting everything into a graph and there's, there's bar charts and shit of your yep, how many a, games you've completed per I, year. I, yep, I took you all had to the type all that in. You had to you, you took all of that stuff you yeah. had to go in you must have to go and research that and get all the data, right? Yeah, I, I I got every game that I owned that's in a backlog and I ranked them by which ones I was interested or not. And then for the ones I was interested in I tried to figure out how much I'd played of it. And then uh, using, there's like various websites that will tell you how long a game is. I could then say how much time was remaining. And mm -hmm. what did I do with that? Fuck all. I didn't play any of those games. I didn't finish any of those games. But it was, it was one of these. a very nice spreadsheet. It was very nicely formatted spreadsheet. Um, and that, you know, I can enjoy making spreadsheets as well. But that's kind of not the point of it. So in December of 2019, I wrote piece on split screen called and yet more mistakes i make which is a sequel 
So in, in the 5 out of 10 piece, I was kind of talking about how it made a bunch of infographics that got popular. Or I made one that got really popular. And I was ever, ever, forever trying to chase down and make another one. Did I um, go on? Was that the one that went on, on Kotaku and went viral? Yes. Back um, when they took other people's content and wrapped advertising around it. And we were grateful for this. Yes. Because it, it and, indicated success, presumably. Yep, yeah, and and I th- I'm pretty sure it, it got like two hundred thousand views on Kotaku. They had like some indicator, and it was loads. It was fucking loads of views. And so I thought I was onto a winner, and I kept trying to do it. And rather, and it made things that I enjoyed, and think that things that are really, um, I still think are quite good. But nothing ever hit that peak. Mm-hmm. And I, I I found myself in the same mindset with these goddamn videos that I was making. Now I wasn't. I hadn't had like a big success, runaway viral hit. Yeah. None of these videos have got any views by anyone's counts. But I, I became fixated on like, okay, I'm gonna go through and I'm gonna gonna clear everything up. Um so in terms of but like making videos sucks. I don't know <laughs> that's my that's my short piece. I think video editing is has got the most bonkers ratio of effort in to output. Yeah, your your exact quote is, um, let's see, recently I've started, this is from the And Yet More Mistakes I Make, which we'll put into the the show notes. Recently I've started making videos. Years ago, Alan kindly described me as a multimedia renaissance man, which I stand by. And let me tell you this, video editing is easily the worst of the multimedia. From my perspective, the ratio of effort in to value out is bonkers. Video production requires a gargantuan investment of effort just to create something that looks passable. It can take hours to capture the raw footage, then multiples of that to edit it together, and all the while you need to balance the visual imagery. You can edit that. To balance the visual imagery with whatever message or story you're trying to convey. Then you have to let your beast of a computer render the goddamn thing, which stops you making anything else for hours, and then upload it online, only to have YouTube strike your creation down because of some copyright algorithm. I think that's, broadly speaking, my experience too. And so whenever you said you wanted to talk about this, I was like, oh man, do you remember when we used to do YouTube? Because (laughs) I... So... You know, we've been doing this for over a decade now, and there have definitely been some things we have done that have been a little bit poo. Now, by and large, I'm not going to beat myself up over a review of, I don't know, Infinity Blade or Alan Wake or something, right? Because the whole point is that every time we do something new, we get a little bit better. And if we look back on writing from 10 years ago and and thought it was just as good, I would feel like we hadn't really progressed. So that's okay. And I think we covered that a little bit in the last episode but with the video i think that the video we have done is actually some of the worst content we have ever produced for split yep. screen by far the the sloppiest um so my father-in-law i had talked to him about some of the video editing video stuff we'd done before and i mm-hmm. showed him my child of eden review because i was like and he thought it was brilliant now I need to preface this by saying Mick has absolutely no experience in video production whatsoever, <laughs> but he thought it was really good, and and I was listening to it, and I couldn't hear myself because the audio mixing was terrible. Yeah, absolutely dreadful. And I and I look back at those videos we did, um, and the there was this series of the three videos I did, which I for some reason decided to call Retrocity, even though it's a unpronounceable name that's probably some kind of play on atrocity um and i think that 
the mistake that I made, and I don't know if you find this mistake, mm-hmm. is I basically try to read an article I've written for split screen. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I and 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 I've still yeah and and yeah, you try. I... You write your script, but it's not actually a video script. What you've done is you've written the split screen article and you read it out. And what I find is that um, the stuff that I write that translates okay on the page, and I think has a good rhythm to it, mm-hmm. does not work well in video. And I would trip up over my own words, and it was too complicated and too clever for its own good, and. Um, and it just it just wasn't right. And even though we've done more videos since then, I don't feel like I necessarily improved at the craft in the way we did with the words and also with the the, the podcast to, to a lesser yeah. extent. Because we because we don't do the podcast every week, and if we did that every week, I'm sure it would be super smooth. Um, mm-hmm. And we'd have you know twenty million dollar Joe Rogan Spotify deals up the wazoo. But we're not here. We're in episode twenty five after ten years, <laughs> two and a half a year. Um, <laughs> So, but I, yeah, I, but I want. So, whenever you talked about how you've been doing more videos, and I've been watching some of your appreciation videos, and you've got some quite nice looking overlay graphics and stuff. Um, but I was wondering what you how you felt about how your crafts develop over time, and whether you think you're over that hump or not really, and you don't care. That that was my main curiosity. So. There was a part of me just wanted to make something. I was getting to a point where I was like, I just want to, I need to make something. And like I said, decided that ah, videos, let's, let's try that. I absolutely love setting up software. I love going into the options of anything. Games, uh, I did it, I did it today actually for the 2000 odd old recording software. I found the manual online and I'm going to sit and I'm going to read it later. I love configuring things, and for to you get love, you to love configuring th- your recording software because this is the fourth take <laughs> of this podcast because your computer crashed three times and you moved that's to another computer. Of, that's because of the Windows Vista. We've covered that. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we need to but get that to make, conversation back. Yeah, to make the videos, you need to do a lot of setup, and so I did that, and I and I got OBS set up, which is like a open source broadcast streaming thing. Yeah. Um, yep. Alan, we've got we've got Twitch. Um, profiles all ready to go all these like screens because I just like to you know yeah. I just wanted to make a bunch of stuff now I have no intention of streaming so there was a part of it it was just something that I could focus on and I could make something and get it set up um, I absolutely agree with you in terms of the the videos that we made were easily the worst things of split screen and they existed kind of separate to the site right so we had articles uh, or we have post, yeah. uh, posts on the website with some of those videos linked in, but we didn't have all the videos. Some of them, there were some odd ones that just kind of live out on the on the YouTube page that aren't actually on split-screen.net. Oh. Okay. And while we've always maintained the website looks good, we've maintained it, you know, so I did a big mm-hmm. spring clean last year where I went through and using some of the stuff we've got in the back end, fixed loads of broken links. Just because over ten years you accrue yeah. a load of broken URLs. Just cause... yeah, and we've and we've changed the theme a couple of times, and and there's different. You know, it's WordPress, so it's a million different plugins, yeah. and they all change the short URLs. So it's yeah, there was a bunch. There's of... always a bit of gardening to do with a WordPress site. Yeah, yep, and that, and that's exactly it, right? It was spring cleaning, bit of gardening, bit of weeding. There was a load of short codes in some videos for how we used to embed YouTube video. Uh, sorry, in some of the articles on how we used to embed YouTube videos, fix those. Yep, jobs are good. I then kind of turned my attention over Christmas, this past Christmas, to the YouTube page because I went to it and went, oh, we've got about 
Um, I don't know how many videos we had at the time. Right now, we've got 140 videos. What? Um, yes. Surely 100 of those are Blade Runner. <laughs> well, <if> we go, <laughs> I can tell you uh, if I go onto the playlists page. So, of 140 videos, uh, let's see. So, we've got our reviews. We have 11 reviews. We have eight features. Um, What's a review? What does that mean? Uh, the reviews. Wait, sorry. Did you say what are the reviews? Yeah, what, what, what is a review? Is that like a copyright strike? No, no, no. Sorry, these are the names of our playlists. Right, so these are the categories of videos that we've put up. Oh, okay. Okay, so in terms of the 140 videos that we've made, break down into the following categories, and this is just how um, I've, I've put them into playlists. We've got reviews, of which there are 11, which have like the Child of Eden review you've mentioned. The first one was The Devil's Tuning Fork. Um, oh boy, this was a Sam and Max. No, that was a, that's a, it's an independent game where you strike a, a bell and oh. the sound waves go out and illuminate the uh, surroundings. What's the Sam and Max one? The uh, Devil's that is what? The Devil's Playhouse. That's the third uh, season. Uh, that that's not that far off. No, no, you're really yeah, uh, no, yeah, absolutely. That's your spot. Uh, oh, yeah, there's a lot of Blade Runners. There's a lot of podcasts. Yeah, and then there's a load of like so there's there's. 11 reviews, 8 features, 25 podcasts, there's the 3 retrocities, um, and then there's a bunch of Let's Plays, which is mainly the stuff that I've done. So way back when I did oh, Blade Runner, yeah. which is 26 videos, but then there's like a bu- there's like 27C of Thieves Clips videos. Some of them are long, some of them are short. I, I'm working through a load in the dark right now. We'll come back to that right at the end. Um, I went through... You need, yep. you need help? Are you playing it again? Yeah, yeah. You can watch me play it. Um we're going through. I played through. I played through a Fallout, the original Fallout. I did nine videos. Did not enjoy it. Um, and then there's a bunch of miscellaneous things. Eighteen videos, which have like that some appreciation or uh, the night I played with. Uh, who did I play with Rick and, and some uh, Stephen on on Warzone and something. Now I'm just making videos oh, yeah. and just putting them out there. Yeah. Um. Now. Where were we in this? I've lost track of where we are. Um, I don't know. Tell me videos. Do you enjoy the videos that you're enjoy, making? Oh, that's it. There? Do you enjoy? So do you actually enjoy doing it because if you because we we're going to talk about um, uh, we're probably going to talk maybe we shouldn't talk about analytics. It's pretty fucking boring even for us. But do you enjoy what you're doing? Because if you don't enjoy what you're doing and if you're putting things out there to find an audience. Um, maybe do, do something else. Maybe just play the games. <laughs> maybe stream so, them on Twitch instead. So that's the thing, right? And that's why that's why I went and wrote this article. I'm like, oh god, I'm becoming like fixated on all the stuff yeah, around actually oh, playing if, the game. Yeah, if I so, tag all these articles, so, maybe so if, if we build it, they will come. So, like I say, really into configuration. So I went and researched like how do you do good YouTubes, and I found all these subreddits. And there's this this own subculture in YouTube about how to grow your YouTube audience. Like loads of videos which have got titles like how to grow from zero few zero subscribers, how to get a thousand your first one hundred subscribers, how to get a thousand subscribers, how to you know best ways to game the YouTube algorithm or, you know, claiming that they can figure out how the algorithm works. I went through all 140 videos and I, one of the things I wanted to do was to change the thumbnails, right? So I like making, you know, I like yep. designing stuff. Um, I was using Adobe Sparks on my phone so I could do it on the couch while I was sat, uh, beside Lisa. So that was nice. So I wasn't like <laughs> locked away and yeah. it's a nice little, and I came, so there's 140 videos. 
I made a different, I made a new thumbnail for every single one. Then I decided I wanted to put the titles on it. So I made a new thumbnail for all 140 again. Then I came up with a different design and I did it again. Then did, I came up did you with the current design's good. So the current design is the fifth iteration. Now there's 140 of them. So I've got a folder of about 700, about 700 thumbnails that I've gone in and made each single, each one and then updated. So this is where, this is, this is where I was at, right? So again, I think I said this on the last podcast, whenever I go deep and you see a bunch of stuff happening on split screen, the question to ask is Craig, how's work going? And the answer was it was going, <laughs> it was going pretty slow. So I felt the need that I need to accomplish something in the evenings because I wasn't feeling like I was accomplishing much during the day. And so it was just like, okay, now do I enjoy making videos for a lot of them? Most of those Sea of Thieves ones, I'm going to take down. I think there's a couple actually which were good. And I want to, the, 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 I've kind of, I, I was like becoming really fixated on like, okay, maybe I could find some. I tell you what, let me talk about Alone in the Dark, right? Because that, the Alone in the Dark playthrough charts my experience now. It's become. That's your, sa- that's your safe place, Alone in the Dark. So it's appropriate <laughs> that you keep coming back to it. Yeah. So Alone in the Dark. Is my favorite worst game of all time. It was it was the first article I wrote for Split Screen. It was the first thing still, I wrote. And here we are, ten years and later. Here we are, still mining it for all still, it's worth. Still banging the drum. So the first episode is a, a normal let's play, right? I start from episode one. I'm like, hey, this is going to be a fun bad game where you you have to press a button to blink, and I've got a wee webcam in the corner. Then you go to the next episode. And I think the webcam, I figured out how to put, uh, make it in the shape of like an eye. So, you know, it's a very subtle eye. And I think I also put like the split screen kind of colors around it. I figured out how mm-hmm. to do that as an overlay. Yeah. But the second one's just an episode again, normal let's play. And they were taking about an hour to play. And there's no editing because you just, you know, you trim top and tail, trim the top and the bottom and that's it. I'd set up OBS, configured it so that when I talk, it docks the audio of the game. So I'm not having to do any post-production on it. So brilliant, really enjoying it, enjoying playing the game. I'm making something and it's not labor intensive and it's even a making video and it's not labor intensive. So everything's a winner. Come the third episode, I start the game and you can see it on the video. I go, oh, this bridge, that's uh, the game set in Central Park. This bridge looks like the ending of Cloverfield, which is one of my favorite movies. And I say, oh, maybe I can, maybe I'll edit in a clip from Cloverfield and we'll see if it matches. And it is, it's the exact same bridge. It's got a name. So I thought, okay, we'll keep playing it. And then they'll get to a certain uh, sequence in the game. What's the name of the bridge? Julian? Uh, I don't know, Alan. Mr. 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 Bridge. Mr. Bridge. Johnny Bridge. Johnny Good Bridge. (laughs) Songs about... (laughs) Later on, I come at a different sequence and I'm like, oh... And I'm saying this out loud because it's that kind of stream of conscious let's playing thing. You're le- you're just you're let's playing this podcast right yeah. now. <laughs> I say, oh, this is kind of like um, Batman Arkham Asylum. This is like the, the scarecrow. It feels like the scarecrow scarecrow sequence. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting because like that's about the same year when those games came out or similar similar time. And I say it like this offhand comment, like, oh, maybe I should edit in all of the references. So while I'm playing it, I'm thinking I should make more references. And then I can edit them in. So I finished the playthrough and it's about an hour long. I then spent about four fucking hours finding all of these references and editing them in. 
and really like working on this video a lot, like in the evenings after work and stuff. And I finished it. Just to recap this, you had a a perfect end-to-end, no, just top and tail, no further work required sequence, um, which starts off, looking at this, you get two and a half minutes, then a 40-minute video, 45, bish bosh, get it done. And then... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> one with the subtitle Painful Editing, which yes. is one hour long and presumably has more pop cultural references than a Family Guy box set. Yeah. So so that that that, that starts happening, right? So the, the third one, oh, I've got the CSP, but at that time, reading all of these YouTube views, it's like you need to find some, you need to find your niche. One of the bits of advice they tell you if you're starting a gaming channel in 2019 or 2020 is you should not be trying to cover loads of games. You need to pick one game and you need to cover it extensively. And that is your thing. You are the alone in the dark guy. And that's like completely... (laughs) Eldon, are you saying like you're the alone in the dark guy? That's the game? Or that's how you're spending your evenings because the way you've decided to cut these videos together? (laughs) (laughs) That's what it was becoming. But like, that's what all the advice says. Like, this is a good thing. And it also says, like, if you're doing a gaming channel and you're doing Let's Plays, I'm sorry, but that is an oversaturated market. So unless you have a, you happen to strike, you know, lightning strikes and you, you take off, you're not going to do well. So you need to have a unique selling point. So I went, ah. Do you watch ah, Let's Plays? Do you watch them? Because I, so I basically, I, watch, I basically watch uh, speed runs. Um, uh, so I exclusively watch speed runs. Um, and usually the game's done quick ones, and occasionally I will watch the um, no commentary play all the way through. So it's yeah. not it's not perfect play, but it's good enough, you know, yes. one credit clear plays. If I want to catch up on an old game that I feel nostalgic about, but I can't be bothered firing up the, the Raspberry Pi. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't watch Let's Plays. So do you watch a lot of Let's Plays? No. Uh, there's, there's one person I'm subscribed to who is the Metal Gear Solid guy. His name's George. Let me find the actual name of this guy. George uh, Solid. It's almost like that, actually. Uh, so it's pronounced Solid. He's Belgian. George Salonique. S A L O N I K H. George Salonique. And what this guy does is he plays through the Metal Gear Solid franchise over and over and over again. I believe he's completed something like 30 times. And that's like Metal Gear, Metal Gear 1. Metal Gear Solid 2, 3, 4, 5, The Phantom Pain or, or Grand Zeroes, and then he just starts again. And it's just every day he plays this and streams it. So I watch that every now and then because I really like those games. So I'm like, ah, I'll become the Alone in the Dark. I wasn't going to like fully come that, but I was like, oh, well, this is interesting. Like I've, I've made these edits in, so maybe that can be my niche as I just do a Let's Play. But I then have this like editing in of like references that make it a bit more interesting. But it took too long. Like I said, it's called painful editing. It took like three or four hours to edit. So I'm like, oh, well, that's fine. I can solve that problem in episode four. So episode four, I do the same thing. I play it. I make a load of references. And I got the editing down to an hour. And I'm like, awesome. Job's a winner. Episode five, I have, and you can see it in the video. It's 45 minutes long. I have zero goddamn energy. I was not enjoying playing the game. I was not enjoying making a video. And yet I did. And so there's no editing after it. Because that's I think that might be... What's the date on that? Uh, four months ago. I know. What's the date? This has got the actual date. Okay, so January 3rd. So this is just after I've written then that article about not... Like, <laughs> about killing my hobbies. But that's fine. Episode 6. I recorded episode 6. 
and then it fucking crashed on me. And so oh, I played no. through all of the episode and none of the footage survived. So I had to play through it again and I went, well, I don't want to, I'm not going to like pretend like it never happened. Oh, I know what I'll do. The first time I played through it as well, it took about 45 minutes. I went, I'll tell you what, I'll go find whoever the speedrunning champion is for this game, who's a person called Spring Stingray is their username. And I, and I found a video of them playing it. And I reached out to them and said, hey, can I use your video? I'm going to do this thing where I'm going to now, I'm going to now try and speed run this episode because I know what to do. I know all the puzzles. I know all the stuff. And, I, and if you watch that one, you can see there's a camera in camera of him playing it in the corner and then me trying to beat it. So I'm like, ah, well, that's like a little unique thing that happened there. And it's 18 minutes. It's cheap and cheerful. Episode seven. There's only eight episodes in the game. Episode seven, I died multiple times at the start. So I'm like, okay, you know what? Forget this, like, let's play. You see everything. I'm going to edit this down. So it starts off with like four. I was trying to climb a rope in the game and I took four attempts. So you see this four corners now. Sorry, there's uh, the screen splits into it's all, four. It's all going to be super meat boy. There. Yeah. And it's like, you see that all the different attempts at the same time. And then when I get to any section, if it took multiple times, the video breaks out into each different section. So basically, I've like each episode's become like its own little weird thing now. Now, what I know I'm doing on the next one was really I recorded it and it was really long, so I'm going to edit it down. But my this is my current idea, is that I'm going to do a director's commentary over my let's play, talking about how certain sections were boring, and try and fast forward it all, like pretending like it's a. So when you ask me the question, Alan, of like, am I enjoying making videos? I don't know, because right now I'm in too deep and I, I, I can't really tell because <laughs> like I'm having these ideas, which are like, that's interesting. I want to make it, which like we talked about last episode. But there's like a time sink that's associated with video that is just god awful. And so I've almost well, finished the game. I don't know. So I don't, that's, where I... <laughs> that's where I'm at. I don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> I'm just looking at these videos and it's like, ah, six views, nine views, <laughs> you know, 15 views. Now. Exactly. Holy, holy shit. Um, and uh, I, I'm looking at that screenies one, which is a 15 minute video for 315 views. So you probably probably got 100 views for every hour I spent editing that thing. And I think the total amount of time was like a preposterous, it was probably about 10 to 20 hours of effort. I know that the Retrocity episodes took an extremely long length of time. The, the, the Streets of Rage episode, which has some good jokes in it, but you won't be able to hear them, um, mm-hmm. has like on-location footage that, that Robbie and I shot and stuff. And the European bus simulator thing was easily one of the hardest things I've ever done. It has a crazy audio footage sync it has me trying to record something while balancing a set of like a a keyboard and a a steering wheel Mm -hmm. on my legs which i borrowed from an oxford college it department because somebody had the wheel that was an insane amount of effort for a throwaway joke and that at three thousand views is one of the most is, is somehow one of the most popular things that we've done as well as the walking dead one yeah so what so the, exactly. This brings us nicely where's the, where's to the, the point. Where's the logic here? This brings okay. us nicely to the point of the analytics, right? Because so video editing, loads of effort in, loads of effort capturing it, and when I say not much, you get out of it. You're then subject to because it's on YouTube. And again, the, one of the useful things I learned was to think about YouTube really as, and I don't know why I didn't think about this before, is thinking about it as Google for videos. 
you really need to... Yeah, I didn't you, know why I didn't think about that. Google owns YouTube. I know. If you want your videos to get views within the YouTube world, right? So you're not advertising it on external mm. platforms. Within YouTube, if you want it to work, you need to you need to do the old SEO in search engine, optimize the videos so that they are likely to get discovered. If you look at our most successful videos, none of, they are not videos that we, they are, we are, we are, are especially our best videos, but they're the videos that are the most searchable. Now we've been making videos since 2011. Now the top video, like you say, I think is. Walking uh, Dead. Walking Dead, let's, right? Let's play The Walking Dead. Yeah. There's a Progress Quest one. There's a European Bus Simulator one, and there's so, a Child of Eden review. But those those top three are all several thousand views, and they're all seven years old. Yep. So The Walking Dead one, when this was this, it's it's like a how long is it? It's like a six minute clip or something of one bit of episode one when I was down visiting you, um, somewhere in Oxford probably. I don't uh, even we, remember watching this one. Yeah, we, I remember we, recording it. We recorded it a wee bit, and I call you over like, hey, Alan, we're doing a Let's Play, and I show you the very beginning of episode one. Now, at the time, we were probably one of the early people, because the game had just, just come out, who'd put up some content. Now, the game, now right now, the video's called Just a Small Nibble. That's not what it was called at the time. It was called, like, something else, but it had Walking Dead in the name, so it, was, it got searched for at the time. The Progress Quest video is one of my weird fucking dalliances, where... I load up Progress Quest, which is a joke game about, it's an RPG, but it's just the user interface and it just fills up bars and you collect loot and then it goes off and so it, it plays itself. You literally do nothing in the game. And so I start talking about it, but then I take my portable microphone and I literally went out for a walk in London uh, or when I was in New Malden, I went for a walk, I think to a field or I sat outside the house and I talk about something. I don't know what, I'm too scared to listen to it because I think it will be cringy and embarrassing. So why is it successful? At one point we started getting all these comments and I was like, what's going on? Why has this video become famous? And it's because during one of Todd Howard's um, talks about a Skyrim, I think, or some kind of, he was on some conference and he, he Todd Howard, Bethesda's head, the CEO or something, CEO, yeah. mentioned Progress Quest and we were, in our video, people searched out, what is Progress Quest? And this thing came up. Because I asked someone in the comments, like, where have you come from? And they're like, or I saw comments saying, like, Todd Howard. And I'm like, fucking Todd Howard's talking about our video. No, he's not. He was just talking about Progress Quest. You've then got, so, that, so that's why that one's high up there, right? Then there's your bus simulator, which you did as part of, like, review a bad game or something. Yeah, it was like a review jam. That's why it's popular. Yeah. Yeah. So that one, that one, got a big spike at the time but then it's 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 a review and the reviews i mean you look at our analytics always do well they always they get a, they get a trickle of views all the time so i did a mini metro review last year at the end of last year which did the same thing that you talked about where it's an article that i wrote a few months before which i just tried to read out it sounds very stilted i showed my wife and she said you don't talk like that and i'm like yes but i write like that and that, that gets the views because it's called Mini Metro Review and that is the thing that people search for. Also, it just came out on the Switch and I had a little bit of Switch content in it and described it that way. The oh, next I remember game, though, the I remember the Halloween one. Are you dare enter the house? Yeah. I remember that one. Our, 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 I'm not going to go through every single video, but the fourth most popular video that we've done of them. is episode 14 of the Blade Runner game. And it's because I had the word, I think uh, uh, this is the original Unity. title. 
there's nudity in this game. Now, if you click, uh, well, we've we've got the analytics six, open in the background, six right? Six nine nine videos. Yeah, six nine nine. I dare, I dare, I dare not click it. Well, so, it's still on six nine. So it's had, it's four, it's 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 a video that's nine minutes long, and it's had sixteen hours watch time. Now, these aren't huge views by anyone's means, but when you look at the, or is it traffic source? Most of the views come from YouTube. Now I'm gonna t- now let me read you the most. Uh, yep, and this is since since lifetime, people search for Blade Runner game. Cool, video game nudity, game nudity, indie game nudity, nudity games, games with nudity, nudity in video games. Oops, nudity, nudity game. Let's play with nudity, nude game, PC nudity. Basically, people are trying to have a wank. And 14, 14 year olds are trying to have and, a wank because they don't know the better words to search for. And 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 Alan, we're raking, we're raking in the views, baby. We're yeah. making money. Well, we're not making any money. Nine dinner for three. And so, if you actually look at what is our most quote successful videos, it's the stuff which people can search for. So as part of the whole winter cleanup, I changed all the thumbnails. I went through and I changed all the titles. So I, I put like the video game name in the title. We didn't always do that. And I tried to keep the stuff we had before and preserve it because I didn't want to totally change things. But I changed the titles, changed the thumbnails, changed all the tags because we didn't really do any proper tagging and that does make a difference. And um, we had, we would put a video up and we'd write the tag such as taggy tag tag or taggy mctag face was another one. Or no, we didn't. This, I wouldn't have put that. This, yeah, it's probably been me. This is a video, but I went through all 140 videos, put new tags in, and then I put in new descriptions. So I kept again where there was a description before. I kept that, but I then would include. Normally, I would just grab like a bit from Wikipedia which described the game, because within that, then you get there's this balance between. Okay, so say for Mini Metro, do I want to put? I want to put Mini Metro review in the title because that's what people are looking for. I want Mini Metro Review to be near the top of the description, but I also I'm going to put the name of the developer, and I'll put what consoles it's on, or platforms it's on, and I'll put maybe some something like it's a train game as well, right? Because there's people who are just into train games, and so that video is done. Train game is nudity. Train games indie nudity. <laughs> nudity on train. Scott real nudity. Um, yeah, people are just after. <laughs> you wouldn't have to. You wouldn't have to search very long for that. So, so that's that is that in the in the art of the YouTube analytics, that's called reach. So I've done the reachy thing. <laughs> I've reached all the videos. I'm trying not to make a reach around joke. Um, <laughs> too late. Too late. I've done that on all those videos. Reach around and, new today. And and that's what gets. There's like a trickle of views come in, and but it's not okay. So uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold up. So, so you're so, <laughs> so the the so you spend. All this time making eight hundred plus thumbnails through five different videos. You've tagged it all, you've yep. done the descriptions, and now there is and I quote a trickle yes. of views. Ab- absolutely pointless. A- like <laughs> from 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 the perspective of like our people watching it, absolutely pointless. Alan, I've I've put I've put dozens and dozens of hours into this Lone in the Dark Let's Play. You only just discovered about it, <laughs> you know. I know, I know. So, like, well, I've, I, I'm looking because I'm not on, I'm not on the split screen account. I'm on my own personal account, and I can see that I have, um, 
watched one of the Sea of Thieves ones, but what I've done is I've started watching it and gone, and I've gone, holy shit, this is 90 minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have, I have left. So what, I've watched your, I've watched your smut ones, so I'm at least twenty percent of the views of those. Yeah. So what I found is, I kind of did all that because again, I just wanted to set something up. So it's all configured and it's all set up and it's all fine. Actually, if you look at the alone in the dark thing, I've then kind of gone. I've kind of got that out my system, like just recording something. That's I've got that out my system now. Um, if I'm going to make a video. The next things so I'll finish the Alone in the Dark just because I, I want to finish that as a, you know, as a as a series. But that will happen whenever it happens. Yeah. Oh, there was a period as well where I was releasing things once a week. I did that for about two three months, mm. um, and that increased our audience from a whopping. I think it was that thirty four. We are now rocking 43. to forty three. She was. Yeah, and and a lot of those subscribers came in that period where I was uploading. So YouTube's, alg- YouTube's algorithm seems to, re- the common perception is it re- reward. So Rewards this is part- published videos all the time. Yes. Yep. And, so the- and this is, um, so one of the things I wanted to talk in relation to this is the big, the great YouTube burnout of 2019, when a yep. lot of professional YouTubers started talking about how burnt out they were. Um, uh, and one of them is this uh, guy I follow, Patrick H. Willems, who's a, a really good video critic. And uh, if you want your video quality to be humbled forever, my God, he's easily one of the best. Um, he did a video about uh, Kiki's delivery service and burnout, and it's all about that need to feed the algorithm and actually to feed Patreon as well. And I think we've probably you know, we felt that through some of the five out of ten stuff that whenever you're having to do something semi-professionally, whenever you start to rely on it for an income or an audience, you know, that could be your Twitter followers, it could be all of all the analytics on your blog or your YouTube subscribers, your your Twitch followers. Mm-hmm. It becomes much less fun very, very quickly. Yeah, and it's easy to it's easy to set up. Um, it's easy to set up unrealistic expectations and goals for yourself without really thinking about why we're doing it. Which is kind of that's why I asked. So all that work you did because if you want to do videos and you find them fun, that's good. I've enjoyed the Smup appreciations. I think what you did to the Lords of Thunder soundtrack was a goddamn disgrace because that's one of the cheesiest, metaliest games I, of all time. I couldn't but... get it to work, man. The emulator was not playing ball with me. Uh, and I was, I was really looking forward to hearing the Lords of Thunder soundtrack in all its glory. I said, like, Craig, we got to talk about this. So I'm glad that we can, I can finally um, <laughs> publicly lecture you on it a month later. But if you're, but if you're not doing stuff, it's not fun. And, and that's, that's the main reason why I, you know, stopped going on Twitter all the time uh, yeah. because it was just because it just became very silly. And it's interesting this idea of the YouTube algorithm rewarding people who publish videos all the time because the Twitter algorithm seems to re- reward people who publish controversial views all the time. Yeah, by increasing the follower trickle, and that that makes you think I'm doing something right. I'm going to do more of this. I'm going to spend all my time in this. I'm going to. But here, so what's our what's our top Fourth top rated video, Child of Eden. Man, that was Connect. You are the controller. YouTube, the sausage factory. You are the sausage meat. You are the meat mm-hmm. to feed the grinder. And that's all I got. That's all I got. Well, yeah, um, and 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 I'd say you know where where a lot of those people have burnout. I think having gone through this little journey of like becoming a, a you know obsessed with trying to figure out or, or fixated, not obsessed, become fixated on. F- you know, doing the good YouTube. I think yeah. most of the things that are either 
recommended from the community of people who who, who are trying to grow their YouTube audience, or because it's all it's all shrouded in mystery. The algorithm. This is the algorithm that determines whether well, be, you see a well, video or not. Well, because if you because if you knew what the algorithm was, people could game it. Exactly. This is what happens now. Is that um, there's, there's a have you ever read the the sinister? I think it's the New York Times did an expose on the the, the Russian companies who make these really creepy Peppa Pig videos. Yes, on yeah, YouTube yeah, I remember kids. that. And and that's why any anything that you can exploit for marketing purposes, whether it's you know, Google AdSense mm. or, or the YouTube algorithms or stuff. Um, people will do that. They, pe- there are there are farms in countries around the world where they constantly play Android games and load. They've got a yep. they've got walls and walls of and, Android phones where they poke ads all day for and, money. They, and on, any on, any system designed by humans will be exploited by humans. And and on and on some of the YouTube subreddits I was going on, there's plenty of you follow me and I'll follow you. Watch my first yep. video to the, and it's not just like scratch my back i'll scratch yours or you know young creatives supporting each other it's trying to be do it mindful of the algorithm which can tell if you're just getting a load of farmed clicks or views so it's like watch my first video to the end then click like on it then click subscribe in the point of the video where i say click subscribe so you're trying to masquerade it as a natural performance i think so much of what is advised in those subreddits and what what the algorithm kind of suggests though i look at it and for me it is the they are recommending a practice that is so creatively devoid of any bankrupt yeah thank you so creatively bankrupt the idea that you should just focus on making one thing well I think you should. You should be the guy that plays Metal Gear Solid for the rest of your life. Like I like Metal yeah. Gear Solid, and and three's on the pile of shame. Yeah. But I don't think I should be in some kind of purgatory state where that's all that I play. That's, yeah. That's taken now, that too far. Now, if you look down, like the kind of you know the the thumbnails, tags, titles, description things, we all know about clickbait, clickbait titles. Where oh, what's this? I I clicked on one the other day because it was about. It said like oh, it was something like latest controversy in the world's fastest Rubik's cube solve. And I'm like, oh, okay, like, what's that? That, you know? that certainly tickles your interest. So, so it got me. So, t- misleading title. Click, click into it. It's a nine-minute video. And this person talking about. It's a minute in, and then they're like, okay, so we're going to look at this. But first, I want to talk to you about stamps.com or some. It, then it went straight into this product placement shit, and I'm like, god damn it, they've done it again. Like sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one solution to build your website. Start your website today with Squarespace. Yeah, and it's like I don't. I don't like I actually don't care about the the Rubik's cube but like at least tell me what the fuck it was in the, at the first time anyway so so you get your titles misleading you get your thumbnails that get edited this is a classic of like you know you're trying to just find something and you're like oh that looks like the right thumbnail you click on it and then it suddenly jumps to something completely different from the video the idea that you should be releasing things on a schedule as well we've talked about this before I don't think that's necessarily helpful and it's not going to have a long life to it and then you will hit burnout but that that encourages you to rather than make one video that encourages you to cut it up into loads of different parts now i did that for the blade runner piece because at the time i could only record for 10 minutes and mm-hmm. you know before space would run out or something like that i want to make a big video about braid like you know i've been thinking about braid a lot and i want to make like a, a big deep dive on it 
And I've been, and at the time when I was going through this YouTube thing, I was thinking, ah, should I actually be splitting it out into multiple videos? Because then you can optimize each little one and that's 43 chances of getting someone to click on it. Or should I just do it as one video? Because I know that I actually will quite happily sit and watch like an hour long, two hour long video at times, you know, watch it 20 minutes at a time. But I'll add that to my watch list and I'll chip my way through it. So I think so many of the practices I look at and go like, actually, these are really unfulfilling. Now, the worst thing, and I'm going to change this, if you actually go onto our channel page, I don't know how you get to it from out of this. Uh, oh, yeah, I if you just go, went through my subscriptions. There you go. So if you go to our channel, I made a banner, and it's the most cringy goddamn thing I've made in a long time. And I don't think you've yeah, seen this. I have, I have not seen that, and I have... <laughs> I read, have several objections read it, starting read, from the read it out read it out to the, the audience Alan so it has pictures of a recognisable you and some child like cherubic <laughs> me from about 15 years ago it says Irish and Scottish let's plays <laughs> reviews features then it has www.splitthescreen.net established 2010 and then now, um it's it's so bad, right? Because well, I had a really good one was, of some arcade machines. Well, that's it. And I, like, I, I, yeah, that's <laughs> this. Why but, did you do this? But Alan, the, the 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 advice that I was reading was to go into what's our niche though, and I'm like, what is split screen's niche? And I'm like, oh, I guess we're Scottish and Irish, but I need to like, and it's like, that's it's not a so, niche. There's I know millions of Scot- there's millions of people like that who, you know, I know, we're not even the only Scottish and Irish people that do podcasts. I know, and it's it's okay. But it it, 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 it it was like symbolic of just how bad I was like the direction I was going in. That's um, a stain. I'm going to change that back to the. It's all right. Oh, it's all right. I've already changed, changed it back it. to the arcade cabinets. Oh, I've Although I might I might use the uh, the image of us playing if that works, but it's probably yeah. too thin. Nah, it I don't know. That that thin. was just I just happened to have that one. I took that in Japan. That is a uh, that was in a, a proper a proper Tokyo game arcade and. Um, can't even remember Hakabara, I think it was. Um, so uh, yeah, that's much better than the um, the awful banner. So I think, I think that's so kind the, of it. What's man. the conclusion? You've been talking about. You've been talking. I think at length about it YouTube was... analytics and um, in classic YouTube style, many people have dropped off at this point. <laughs> <laughs> if yeah, only the, there were a graph. The audience reten- uh, The audience retention will be low. I'm I'm basically I'm I'm back to where I started where I am once again aware I think for me the the challenge of not metricating not doing metrics for hobbies I think that's just a challenge that I'm always struggling with and there's times where it's not like an addiction here right but there's times where I kind of get it under control there's times where I don't think about it and then there's times like this like the past few months on YouTube where I went into it and it's kind of, I can look back at it now and think I'm out the other end and go, that was an interesting diversion. I like the ride. I like the thumbnails. I think they look nice, but apart from that, what a fucking waste of time. (laughs) What a waste of time. (laughs) And this marks the very last episode of the (laughs) podcast. Thank you all so much for listening for the past day, kid. What a waste of time. (laughs) 
Hey, well, that's um, that's the title for this episode. A perfect waste of time. Nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, I like that we've gone from like having we used to have these really planned out and detailed. Now we just now we just riff for an hour. About shit, everything is wrap it in a title. That'll do. Cool. Um, look, uh, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I gave up on YouTube a long time ago, and one of the things that I've learned from doing so, I've been doing a lot of corporate videos lately i've been doing uh, screencasting mainly trying to onboard people with microsoft teams because there's been this huge need for you know video conferencing and collaborative working software so i've been doing screencasts we have done um recordings of um virtual town hall events and updates from our executive and there seems to be no rhyme or reason to a lot of the engagement figures even on a on a microsoft stream site which is essentially a small corporate youtube and mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we get a lot of engagement, so we get a lot of likes and comments. Sometimes we get a lot of views. It really varies depending on the video. And and one of the things is whenever you work in internal communications, the first thing they tell you when you, you go on the course and they give you the handbook essentially is that you, know, you need to demonstrate your value and the way you do that's through analytics. Yeah. And I think with a lot of communication stuff, especially when you're doing corporate communication within an organization, there's a real danger in over-metrifying things um, you know, I can go into any of our digital town hall events and I can tell you every single person that attended, I can see when they dropped out. It can get into creepy levels of detail, but I don't really want to know because ultimately I just, I can go ask people what they think of things. I can yep. get their opinions and that's, and I think it's the same thing with this. You could spend all day gaming the algorithm and you could get thousands of subscribers, but yep. for what gain? Because what we've always cared about is meaningful interactions with a handful of people. So yeah. They, and, and, the, and, the metrifying and, is setting us up for failure, isn't it? Yep, and I also know from my own behavior, there are plenty of videos that I watch for uh, two seconds and then I stop because I go, ah, I'll save that for later. But you could look at the other side of that graph and think, no one liked that video. Because you don't yeah. see you don't see necessarily like an accurate... It's not all these measures... There isn't actually one that really says, did people like it? I've clicked I've clicked thumbs up on a handful of videos over the what are probably hundreds of thousands of videos that I've watched over 10 years, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I have never clicked the subscribe, uh, the bell button. Oh, no, no. And You know, that people no, are constantly, would, no, no constantly shilling out for. Now, that's one of the things that I like in the, like, for all the YouTube stuff, I fucking hate the shilling that goes on for like, and if you like this video, don't forget to subscribe and click that bell for notifications. It's like, click that we all know because... how this works. Like we all know how this works. You don't need to say it. And again, it's advised like you have it in the first minute of your video. And again, that's where you get this disrupted flow. Mm -hmm. So creatively, you know, Oh, explain what the video is about. Sure. That, that can be good sometimes, but you know what? Like that, like the point I was trying to do with the progress quest one, Sometimes it's nice to watch something and it ends somewhere completely different. I love doing that when I record music, but I know that there's a risk with that, which is you get folky then go, well, what, the, what the hell is this then? You mean like that Sudoku video that's going viral I shared with you the other day? It starts yeah. off, you think this is just going to be a guy solving a Sudoku, and then 30 minutes later, um, you somehow watch 30 minutes of a guy solving a Sudoku and you've gone through the entire range of human emotions? Yeah. And I and uh, yeah, and I responded to you saying like that's that's a great, that is actually a genuine let's play. It isn't this performed bullshit thing. Now it's it's all set up and recorded, right? He he went in to record a let's play of a Sudoku, but 
but you see a genuine reaction of someone who goes this can't who keeps flipping between well, this can't be possible to hold on what about this to oh wow actually this is this is something really good here um so yeah it's 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 got all of the Maybe we should just do Sudoku. Maybe that's the end. We should just pivot and become a Sudoku channel, and then we'll get all the the views. I think that niche has been taken by the Sudoku video I just shared for you. Yeah. I think I think we don't need a niche. Like one of the one of the big articles in my big article backlog is about the digital con Marie I did, where I like called my Facebook friends by a third, deleted all the social media apps off my phone, and I don't have YouTube on my phone. I've got it on my iPad, but I have no interest in anything that sends me notifications whether it's podcasts or a news feed or Reddit or anything like that, I want to consume media in my own time. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because I'll just get addicted to it. The reason I don't have Instagram on my phone because I would just idly flick through that and I'd rather read Instapaper instead. Yeah. So it's um, the the whole YouTube subscription, one more video autoplay stuff is total anathema to my interests. And even I've been annoyed watching The Witcher on Netflix when I jumped to the next episode before I could hear the song at the end of some of the credits. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole... Like, I think it gets back to the way Google operates as a company. These things are set up to fail everybody except their advertisers. They're not there for the creators. They're not necessarily there for the viewers as well, because providing a free platform is all well and good. But it's not actually there to get interesting content. It's it's to keep me there for as long as possible. And those aren't necessarily the same thing, because an interesting piece of content to me might be something that inspires me to go and write something and go and play something. So it's... um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically the world's fucked. So it's uh, same as same as last time, man. Cool. Don't forget to like and don't forget to like and subscribe. Yeah. and uh, leave a review on iTunes and uh, cheat the algorithm. Goddamn right. <laughs> Create multiple accounts, sign in, and get it done. Like I think, um, I think to use the Australian vernacular, you know, if you want to record more videos, go for your life. And and I would say that I would like I would, I would say to anybody who who wants to get into YouTubing and stuff. Do it because it's fun. Don't do it because you want a career out of it. There's that's a lot of it. disturbing people who seem to want to just be Twitch streamers and YouTubers for a living. And like that's that's not a living. No. It's a living. That you can make money off it right now, but that's not the same thing. That's like the reality TV stars of yesteryear who thought their their dream job is going on Big Brother. You should do you should do videos because you've got interesting things to say and yeah. because you're good at delivering them through video. Most of the the people who like I think in terms of our like our skill overlap and stuff, I think video is a very different skill to writing. And a lot of video producers, I don't think, are very compelling writers. But they do tend to be good podcasters yeah. because a podcast can be a, a director's cut, I feel like. And I've talked about you know John Gruber and Daring Fireball before. He's a very astute writer. Mm-hmm. He, his podcast is his director's cut for his blog, and it's good, but it's it's flabby. You know, he'll riff about baseball for 20 minutes. He'll be like, yeah, yeah, get on with it. But when he does videos and he's done... He does a talk show live every year at WWDC, which is the big Apple developer conference, where he interviews, he tends to get like Apple execs on, and it is definitely not his finest work. It's interesting because you're getting to hear from Apple executives, but it's very it's very sloppy compared to a lot of his other content, because right. he's naturally a blogger, and, he, and, and I think it took me a lot of video grinding to realize that I am fine at doing corporate video, and the editing is a useful skill. But um, I feel like I'd rather just focus on the writing because I'm much happier with the, the end results. The podcasts are okay. And the podcasts for me are like split-screen director's cut. I don't know how many people listen. I don't think I can even go into iTunes. I think I just get an error message when I go to look at the stats. I don't care. It's fun. It's a good way to catch up with you. It's a good excuse. 
<laughs> you know, it's a yeah, same thing with cast I, iron. If nobody, if nobody listened, at least you listened. Craig. Yeah, the, and these are things that I look. I, I occasionally will pull out years later and listen to and be like, that was a fun conversation with a friend. Most of the the really good videos, the ones I really enjoy, are like the music video that we made, um, when we lost the, the bit socket by uh, boys. I think that is, I was going to say, I think that's my favorite and, video is the the aftermath of the bit socket versus because it was a collaborative effort and it was short and still relatively and, amusing it's, it's and one good it, joke and it works as a video and that's kind of it like where am i for future i'll finish the alone in the dark things because i need to finish it and then there'll be maybe a braid video because i think genuinely that's the best way i can talk about it i don't think i could write about it and um, i've tried in the past and it's too it doesn't work i watched the speed run of braid, of braid just yesterday on my lunch break nice it's very good because i was like oh, i remember braid and, then and I was like, yeah, it's good. And then the video that will set us on the map will be how to fry an egg through the ages, and we will <laughs> we will take off, and then we'll be YouTubers forever, Alan. I'll just need to finish coding the how to fry an egg app, um, <laughs> so that people can get the full transmedia experience. Awesome. If you want the full split screen experience, if you go to split screen.net, you'll find it all there. And all its and all its gory glory. Um, yeah, I mean, this is pretty much it. I think this is the next, the next deck, the first decade of split screen is all you know, carefully crafted features about video games, and the next decade just seems like it's going to be two two guys aging disgracefully. Uh, Exist- <laughs> existential gone, crisis then, fest. Yeah, just just continually blogging things we should have kept for personal journals or pub conversations. So uh, <laughs> stick stick with us, and indeed, bear with us. All right, goodbye, everybody. Okay. <laughs>